Section two of Fabiola by Nicholas Patrick Cardinal Wiseman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Part first, piece, chapter two, the martyr's boy. It is a youth full of grace and sprightliness and candor that comes forward with flight and buoyant steps across the atrium towards the inner hall, and we shall hardly find time to sketch him before he reaches it. He is about fourteen years old, but tall for that age, with elegance of form and manliness of bearing. His bare neck and limbs are well developed by healthy exercise. His features display an open and warm heart, while his lofty forehead, round which his brown hair naturally curls, beams with a bright intelligence. He wears the usual use garment, the short protexta, reaching below the knee, and a golden bola, or hollow spheroid of gold, suspended round his neck. A bundle of papers and vellum rolls, fastened together and carried by an old servant behind him, shows us that he is just returning home from school. While we have been thus noting him, he has received his mother's embrace, and has set himself low by her feet. She gazes upon him for some time in silence, as if to discover in his countenance the cause of his unusual delay, for he is an hour late in his return. But he meets her glance with so frank a look and with such a smile of innocence that every cloud of doubt is in a moment dispelled, and she addresses him as follows. What has detained you today, my dearest boy? No accident, I trust, has happened to you on the way? Oh, none, I assure you, sweetest mother. On the contrary, all has been delightful, so much so that I can scarcely venture to tell you. A look of smiling expostulation drew from the open-hearted boy a delicious laugh as he continued. Well, I suppose I must— you know I am never happy and cannot sleep if I have failed to tell you all the bad and good of the day about myself. The mother smiled again, wondering what the bad was. I was reading the other day that the Scythians each evening cast into an urn a white or a black stone, according as the day had been happy or unhappy. If I had to do so, it would serve to mark, in white or black, the days on which I have, or have not, an opportunity of relating to you all that I have done. But today, for the first time, I have a doubt, a fear of conscience, whether I ought to tell you all. Did the mother's heart flutter more than usual, as from a first anxiety? Or was there a softer solicitude, dimming her eye, that the youth should seize her hand and put it tenderly to his lips, while he thus replied? Fear nothing, mother most beloved. Your son has done nothing that may give you pain. Only say, do you wish to hear all that has befallen me today? or only the cause of my late return home. "'Tell me all, dear Pancratius,' she answered. "'Nothing that concerns you can be indifferent to me.' "'Well, then,' he began, "'this last day of my frequenting school appears to me to have been singularly blessed, and yet, full of strange occurrences. First, I was crowned as a successful competitor in a declamation which our good master Cassanius set us for our work during the morning hours, and this led, as you will hear, to some singular discoveries. The subject was that the royal philosopher should be ever ready to die for truth. I never heard anything so cold or insipid. I hope it is not wrong to say so, as the compositions read by my companions. It was not their fault, poor fellows. What truth can they possess, and what inducements can they have to die for any of their vain opinions? But to a Christian, what charming suggestions such a theme naturally makes! And so I felt it. My heart glowed, and all my thoughts seemed to burn as I wrote my essay, full of the lessons you have taught me, and of the domestic examples that are before me. 
the son of a martyr could not feel otherwise but when my turn came to read my declamation i found that my feelings had nearly fatally betrayed me in the warmth of my recitation the word christian escaped my lips instead of philosopher and faith instead of truth at the first mistake i saw cassanius start at the second i saw a tear glisten in his eye as bending affectionately toward me he said in a whisper beware my child there are sharp ears listening what then interrupted the mother is cassanius a christian i chose this school for you because it was in the highest repute for learning and for morality and now indeed i thank god that i did so but in these days of danger and apprehension we are obliged to live as strangers in our own land scarcely knowing the faces of our brethren certainly had cassanius proclaimed his faith his school would soon have been deserted but go on my dear boy were his apprehensions well grounded i fear so for while the great body of my schoolfellows not noticing these slips vehemently applauded my hearty declamation i saw the dark eyes of corvinus bent scowlingly upon me as he bit his lip in manifest anger and who is he my child that was so displeased and wherefore he is the oldest and strongest but unfortunately the dullest boy in the school but this you know is not his fault only i know not why he seems ever to have had an ill will and grudge against me the cause of which i cannot understand did he say aught to you or do yes and was the cause of my delay for when we went forth from school into the field by the river he addressed me insultingly in the presence of our companions and said come pancratius this i understand is the last time we meet here he laid a particular emphasis on the word but i have a long score to demand payment of from you you have loved to show your superiority in school over me and others older and better than yourself i saw your supercilious looks at me as you spouted your high-flown declamation to-day ay and i caught expressions in it which you may live to rue and that very soon for my father you well know is prefect of the city the mother slightly started and something is preparing which may nearly concern you before you leave us i must have my revenge if you are worthy of your name and it be not an empty word let us fairly contend in more manly strife than that of the styles and tables wrestle with me or try the cestus against me i burn to humble you as you deserve before these witnesses of your insolent triumphs the anxious mother bent eagerly forward as she listened and scarcely breathed and what she exclaimed did you answer my dear son i told him gently that he was quite mistaken for never had i consciously done anything that could give pain to him or any of my schoolfellows nor did i ever dream of claiming superiority over them and as to what you propose i added you know corvinus that i have always refused to indulge in personal combats which beginning as a cool trial of skill end in an angry strife hatred and wish for revenge how much less could i think of entering on them now when you avow that you are anxious to begin them with those evil feelings which are usually their bad end our schoolmates had now formed a circle round us and they clearly saw that they were all against me for they had hoped to enjoy some of the delights of their cruel games i therefore cheerfully added and now my comrades good-bye and may all happiness attend you i part from you as i have lived with you in peace not so replied corvinus now purple in the faith with fury but 
the boy's countenance became crimsoned his voice quivered his body trembled and half choked he sobbed out i cannot go on i dare not tell the rest i entreat you for god's sake and for the love you bear your father's memory said the mother placing her hand upon her son's head conceal nothing for me i shall never again have rest if you tell me not all what further said or did Cruvinus? the boy recovered himself by a moment's pause and a silent prayer and then proceeded just so exclaimed Cruvinus. not so do you depart cowardly worshipper of an ass's head you have concealed your abode from us but i will find you out till then bear this token of my determined purpose to be revenged so saying he dealt me a furious blow upon the face which made me reel and stagger while a shout of savage delight broke forth from the boys around us he burst into tears which relieved him and then went on oh how i felt my blood boil at that moment how my heart seemed bursting within me and a voice appeared to whisper in my ear scornfully the name of coward it surely was an evil spirit i felt that i was strong enough my rising anger made me so to seize my unjust assailant by the throat and cast him gasping on the ground i heard already the shout of applause that would have hailed my victory and turned the tables against him it was the hardest struggle of my life never were flesh and blood so strong within me o oh god may they never be again so tremendously powerful and what did you do then my darling boy gasped forth the trembling matron he replied my good angel conquered the demon at my side i thought of my blessed lord in the house of caiaphas surrounded by scoffing enemies and struck ignominiously on the cheek yet meek and forgiving could i wish to be otherwise i stretched forth my hand to Cravenus and said may god forgive you as i freely and fully do and may he bless you abundantly cassanius came up at that moment having seen all from a distance and the youthful crowd quickly dispersed i entreated him by our common faith now acknowledged between us not to pursue Cravenus for what he had done and i obtained his promise and now sweet mother murmured the boy in soft gentle accents into his parents bosom do you not think i may call this a happy day End of section two.